This is the Gospel for Life, where we have four Treasure Valley pastors committed to showing that the gospel is not just for that religious part of your life, but for all of life. You never graduate from the gospel. Around the table today is Russell Herman, pastor at Cloverdale United Reformed Church, Jonathan Van Hoogen from Dayspring United Reformed Church, Vinnie Hanke from Valley Life Community Church, and Ryan Hemphill from Treasure Valley Reformed Presbyterian Church. To catch earlier broadcasts, just search The Gospel for Life wherever you subscribe. To find out more about this ministry and about our annual conference, go to ReformationBoise.com. Welcome back to The Gospel for Life. We have been just working through a series on, on doubt and the whole idea of deconstruction. Probably so many of us have encountered people, some famous, some not famous, that have walked away from the faith, have come to the point where they said, I don't think it's real anymore, and can be influenced by social media, can be influenced by crisis in their life, um, just wrestling with lots of different things. And we felt like it would be important to just do some shows on, on doubt, on those questions, and not to try to make you doubt and force you to deconstruct, but to say, well, no, there's room in the Christian life for those struggles. And today we want to demonstrate that by turning to God's Word, because this is the reality of not just saints of today, but saints in God's holy Word um, that struggled with questions and fears and doubts. So, gentlemen, I'm going to just open up to to you guys. Take the listeners to examples in God's Word where you find people struggling with doubts and questions. Yesterday, you uh, you mentioned and encouraged people to go to the Psalms. You were struggling with some doubt, so maybe to start there in Psalm 73, the psalmist is looking out at the world and he sees the relative ease at which those who reject God and live and rebellion against him have with their life. There's very few cares that he's, as he's looking out on it and he, he's introspective and he considers his own life and the toil that he's going through and the hardship that he's experiencing. And, and he, he's coming to a point where he actually says in verse 13, surely I have cleansed my heart in vain and washed my hands in innocence for all day long. I have been plagued and chastened every morning. So he's reaching a point where he says, this is useless. This life of devotion to God is in vain. But then this psalmist also gives us the answer. And he says then in verse 16, it says, when I thought how to understand this, it was too painful for me until I went into the sanctuary of God. Then I understood their end. And so what does the psalmist do in this crisis of faith? He goes to the worship of God. And he goes to God himself, and it's in his presence that then he he's restored and he's comforted in who God is. And we have you know, language of whom have I in heaven but you. There is none upon the earth that I desire besides you. God is the strength of my heart, my portion forever. And uh, it's good for me to draw near to God, and I have put my trust in the Lord God. Um, so that's... We have here both the crisis of faith and the answer given to us. 
It ends with the phrase, but as for me, it was good to be near to God. Mm -hmm. And that's really part of the struggle is the questions are there. The questions are real. He's talking about when I'm I'm trying to look at all this, it's painful for me. It's weary, Mm -hmm. wearisome for me. But there were answers. Mm -hmm. Other examples? Yeah, I think uh, Mark 9 is one of my favorite ones where the disciples have encountered a father who's got a demon-possessed boy, and they're struggling. They, they're, they're unable to cast the demon out. And so Jesus comes upon this scene of arguing between the scribes and the disciples and the, and the father. And the father has seen the disciples fail. He's seen failure, what we might say, the institution of Jesus' small little church at this point. And then he interacts with Jesus uh, and essentially looks to Jesus and says, listen, if, if you can do anything, would, would you help have compassion on my son? And Jesus is a little put out by that that doubt. But he, he says, if I can, if you'd only believe. And then the father just confesses his unbelief or his doubts to Jesus. I believe, but help my unbelief. Mm-hmm. And then Jesus demonstrates compassion. And I think for me, it's one of the great principles is Jesus can handle our doubts. Mm-hmm. We can bring them to him. We can confess them. And that's even... Sometimes we suffer with doubt in silence, and that can be one of the worst things because we're stuck in our own mind and our and, and trapped. Like Russ talked, I think yesterday about looking inward instead of looking outward. And mm. the father has the courage to confess his unbelief, and Jesus meets him right where he's at, and he receives the comfort and compassion that he so longing sought for his son. And the demon is cast out. Mm. Other examples? One of the ones that I think is maybe the most surprising in Scripture is John the Baptist. Yeah. Um, you know, you would think of all the people in the Bible. Right. The that greatest human ever not, born. Right. You know, of up at that point, the the greatest to be born. And and he's in prison at this point, And Jesus is going through his ministry. And John sends his disciples to him and uh, with questions of, are you the Christ or do we look for someone else? And Jesus's response is to quote from the scriptures about, the lame walking, the blind seeing, the deaf hearing, resting in God's word to confirm who he is and to give comfort in this time of doubt. But in that instant, John seeks out Christ for the answers, and he seeks out Jesus, doesn't turn away from him, and uh, finds comfort in that. And in that example, I, I think it's so important. Jonathan had has read in the past from Jude to be merciful to those that doubt. And here you see it. You mm-hmm. see it in the activity of Jesus Christ towards towards John. He could have come back and said, John, you know better. You were given this revelation from God. You have proclaimed who I am. You've directed people towards me. How in the world? But instead... And, and you think about John. I mean, he actually grew up with Jesus. Yes. <laughs> a, a cousin, a cousin um, of Jesus yeah. in that sense. And so it, the things that he would know about his humanity, his sinlessness, his, uh, you know, all those things would, you would think, lead mm-hmm. him to the conclusions um, but it's his own inner tor- turmoil, being cast into prison. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's his difficulty that's creating his doubts about the person of Jesus. Well, I think part of it is I don't want to overread the the Gospels, but I think part of it is John may have gotten sucked into the mentality of the day of 
of mm-hmm. confusing the prophecies of the mm-hmm. first and second coming of Christ mm-hmm. and was taking some of the, the prophecy of the second coming of Jesus Christ coming as a conquering king mm-hmm. and John misinterpreting the, the, the scriptures. And the negative side of that would yes. be Judas himself. Mm-hmm. You know, someone who also had that opinion. I mean, we also learned from John in his gospel that Judas was not a good man. He was a thief. He was mm-hmm. taking money out of the pocket. And, but um, in the end, Jesus was not who he had set up in his mind of what he wanted. And instead of addressing these doubts and maybe going to Jesus and asking him, you know, he goes aside and betrays him to the authorities. Probably the most famous doubter in scripture is just because he's been labeled. Um, (laughs) That's a tough nickname. That is a whole. Um, But quote unquote, doubting Thomas. Some Hmm. have made the argument that Thomas's major problem might not have been doubt as just he's a realist. And Hmm. his struggle is that he thinks in, in categories that are different. And so for him, John 20 is, is the, the account. He wasn't with the rest when Jesus came to him, and the other disciples told him, we've seen the Lord. But he said to them, unless I see in his hands the mark of the nails and place my finger into the mark of the nails and place my hand into his side, I will never believe. Mm-hmm. And that's some, I mean, here's these other disciples that are saying, we've seen him. Mm-hmm. He's alive, and he's saying, no, no, no. I've got to see it. I've got to touch him. I've got to mm-hmm. put my fingers actually in his scars. Mm-hmm. Well, we're coming up on, uh, you know, n- not too long. We're coming up on Easter and the resurrection. And so it, it's, a, it's a shame that Doubting Thomas got the label because all of them mm-hmm. were doubters. Um, you know, the women come back from the uh, t- empty tomb having seen Jesus and they come back and the and they're and they're telling the thing to the apostles and it says these words seem to them to be an idle tale and they did not believe them you know so there's a you know they the wonderful thing is is we do have the resurrection and we have all these who didn't believe and so this helps uh, to confirm our belief because they had to be convinced against whatever. I mean, you know, talk about things that you can't believe, somebody raising from the dead, and Jesus did that. And Jesus did it so gently and lovingly. I mean, Mm -hmm. with Thomas, Mm -hmm. he could have come and said, honestly, what is your problem? Mm -hmm. You Mm -hmm. have the testimony of all of the rest of the disciples. But Jesus comes and says, it's okay. If you need to put your fingers in my side and my hands, go ahead. Thomas doesn't. Yeah. Right. But Jesus would have allowed it. Yeah. He and, actually and said the, it's okay. The fact that he was handled so and touched, that he, you know, like even with the other disciples, he said to them, you know, that he said to them, have you anything to eat? He ate with them. You know, so uh, he's demonstrating that he is bodily resurrected. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, so it, it was an important. These are important things for us as well. That he was handled, that he was touched, that he ate with them, that he, you know, he's seen by you know a host of people, five hundred at one time, and you know, so seen, you know, in many different places. These were these all things were given to us to confirm those very doubts. Mm-hmm. 
And you mentioned too, I mean, with Thomas, the graciousness with which Jesus deals with those who are coming to him in sincerity and they have these doubts. And as Jude mentions that, and, you know, as we, Jude being one of the brothers of Christ, of the earthly Jesus, you know, there's indication that, you know, his, his brothers didn't quite believe early on. And so Jude being a recipient of that grace, calling us all to, to be gracious to those who are wrestling with this as well. And each time uh, Jesus addresses them, you know, we're, we're told in many places, then he opened their minds to understand the scripture mm-hmm. the, about, what, about what the significance was of his resurrection. So all of us are going to find ourselves in one of two positions. We might find ourselves as being the person that is struggling with some of these questions, some of the doubts. Or we might be the person that is called to walk along somebody that is struggling with some of these questions and doubts. Mm -hmm. And regardless of the category you find yourself in, Jonathan, what he just mentioned is absolutely essential, that you bring them back to the reality of the Word of God, you bring them back to the truths of Scripture, but you do it with gentleness, with mercy, with grace. We never want to shame anybody Mm -hmm. for doubts and fears and anxieties that they might have. We want to establish them in the faith. I think you walk along with these people in the Bible, in God's Word, and you see that they were experiencing the same thing. And then Jesus will say to you, blessed are those who have not seen and yet believed. You are going to take it on the authority of what these disciples have discovered themselves. Well, thank you for listening. We always appreciate starting the day with you, and we will see you tomorrow. 